Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to hear real life stories about how God works all things together for good, because he is always faithful and always good. Well, hey, before we get this party started, I have some exciting news for you. If you're ready to get your book in front of an entirely new and fast-growing market, an audiobook would be perfect for you. Having an audiobook gives you the opportunity to get your book in front of more people while giving the listener a new way to hear your story in an intimate way. An estimated 131 million people listen to an audiobook in 2021. And do you know that the people that listen to audiobooks don't read print books? They only listen to audiobooks. So it's a whole new market for you to take advantage of. Leverage the opportunity of getting your book in front of millions of people by having an audiobook today. We can help you create one. Visit redemptionpressaudio.com for our introductory special. Welcome to today's episode of the All Things Podcast. I am excited to introduce you to another new Redemption Press author, Therese Lukens, and her new book, A Heart's Journey to Forgiveness. But before we roll that conversation, let me introduce you to Therese. Therese contributes articles for Mother Earth News, The Secret Place, Decision Magazine, The Upper Room, Hearts at Home, and The Epoch Times, and publishes her own blog, Why Bother? A school teacher and fitness instructor, Therese lives in Sandpoint, Idaho, with her husband and enjoys being mother to three grown sons and grandmother to her much-loved grandchildren. All right, let's roll that conversation. All right, well, Therese Lukens, thank you so much for being with us today on the All Things Podcast. Welcome. Thank you. You bet. So we just had a great chat before we started the tape rolling, and I just am so excited for our listening audience to hear a very poignant uh, Romans 8:28 story in your life of how God took something that was not good but really worked good out of it. And so I would just love for you to tell us that story before we jump into more about your book. So I would have to say that the Romans 8:28 story would involve my oldest son's rebellion. And because of that, it caused me to take a closer look at how I was dealing with my anger, which led me to asking questions about how my dad's suicide really affected how I dealt with my own emotions, disappointments. Um, So even though it wasn't fun to go through that rebellion with my son. He was the catalyst that caused me to take a deeper look at what I needed to do to change the things inside of me. And as a result of that, a book came about. Wow. So for 
you know, two kind of traumatic situations in your life, your dad's suicide and then your son's rebellion. I mean, those are some two, two hard things yes. to have to live with and live through. But I love how God used your son and yes. his and, and some of the things that he challenged you with to get yes. you to reflect on some of your responses that maybe weren't what they should be. Right. Yes. And, and how God just used that to verse 29, where it talks about how he works all things together for good in order to conform us to the likeness of his son. And that's, that's what he did. Yes. In this situation, right? Yes, yes. And I don't think my son knew that he was being used of God. <laughs> right. I love that. I mean, God can use a donkey, right? Exactly. He, he exactly. Can use whatever person or situation to yes. point us to him and to seeing, you know, seeing more clearly how we're responding. And I yes. I just love it when I hear stories like this, where instead of, because a lot of times the flesh would rather just go get defensive and, you know, want to blame somebody else for that instead of owning that. And yes. you were willing to reflect and to look inside and, and say, okay, God, what, what's happening here? Yeah. And, and it took, it took a few months for me to believe that it was me that needed to be changing instead of my son. So it wasn't an instant, oh, I get it, God. It it took a little while. It took a little while. And I think it rarely is um, the instant thing that sometimes churches want you to think, you know, just say this prayer and you're good to go. Well, sometimes it, it, it takes some time to dig yeah. and to just lay before God and say, okay, God, I, I want to see what, where do I need to own this? Where, yes. you know, yes. What do I need to change? Yeah. And what needs, what what needs to change here? Exactly. Yeah. And somewhere in the Psalms, David prayed, help me not to lie to myself. Yeah. It's yeah. easy for us to lie to ourselves when we're wounded and we've got exactly. some unresolved trauma. Yeah. And, and blame, blame is an easy thing to do when you are feeling real vulnerable with your emotions. And I, I did want to blame him, but I knew that I knew deep inside it was work that I had to do on myself. Hmm. So he definitely was the catalyst for that. So I, I bless him for that. <laughs> yes. Well, I just love that. That what a great example of Romans eight twenty eight where God will use those painful moments yes. Yes. To, and bring good out of it and, and do, I mean, he's gotten some mileage out of that one. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. So we're going to like shift gears here and move into some uh, questions about your book. So our listening audience can hear more about it. So as the sixth child among seven, your sister said, you were born into chaos. Why did you want to write about your chaotic family life and upbringing? And who did you have in mind when you wrote A Heart's Journey to Forgiveness? Well, first of all, I started out journaling. And through journaling, 
I began to understand that my family chaos had a lot to do with how I formed as a young woman and a married woman and a mother. And I did not like how I had become. And again, I, I wanted to blame it on my dad because I thought, well, if he hadn't have died, then I wouldn't be feeling the way that I feel. But there again, I knew that blaming wasn't the thing to do. So as I continued to journal, I realized there's a, there's a pattern here, not just with myself, but with my siblings. But since I can't control or change my siblings, I thought, okay, I just should start with myself. And as I began to uncover unresolved conflict within myself and concerning my father's death and my relationship with God, I thought, I am going to write about this simply because it might be my therapy. And it did, because when I write, then I'm able to process my thinking and I'm able to take a closer look at my thoughts. And so I thought, I'm just I'm just going to write this. And and it became a book. <laughs> wow. Well, and that's I mean journaling and processing through things. I, I don't know. There's just something about that process yeah. that engages, not only engages the brain, but it just opens up this, you know, I don't know if it's just an understand, a better understanding of the word and the power of the word in our hearts to, you know, just, cut in there between bone and marrow and you know and I and I would do it I would do the journaling along with reading passages out of the Bible whether it was Psalms or Proverbs or anything and it would since the word is alive it it does hit us and when I would be quote unquote hit with a truth it would cause me to dive a little bit deeper into okay, so why is it that I am doing what I'm doing? Why is it that I react the way that I react? And so the journaling with the scripture was was very therapeutic, mm. life-changing. Yes. yes, absolutely. And so I could see how that would work to help you kind of go, wow, I'm really growing from this. And yes. I want that for others to have yes. that kind of freedom. Yes. Yes. Wow. It's not, it wasn't pain free, but right. It, it right. was good. Well, the, the pain is, I mean, the poison is gone. The, yeah, the, exactly. The, the memory exactly. is still there. I mean, it's still a painful experience the, that you had. Yeah. The, um, like you said, the, the poison is gone because it was, without really looking at my anger, it was poisoning me on the inside. And that's exactly how I was responding. It was in anger and defense. And yeah. it it was, it was poisonous. That's a good point. And the thing about that, that we don't realize when we stay in that unforgiveness and that anger is where the scripture says, be angry. So it's okay to be angry, but do not sin. Don't go to bed on your anger or mm-hmm. you give the enemy a foothold. Yeah. And it's like, oh great. You know, if we go to bed mad and 
obviously, you know, if we've got some, some pain and we haven't let God in there to help us process it and to get some healing, then we're just opening our lives to the chaos of the enemy every night we go to sleep because we're doing it every night. Yes. But how many of us are raised in emotionally unintelligent homes where you're not even taught how to take a look at your emotions and learn anything from them, but rather they're they're ignored or pressed down. Nobody admits anything. And Mm -hmm. so I had to, I had to teach myself to be emotionally intelligent along the way. And you know what? You can't be spiritually mature until you're emotionally mature. Yes. And, and, and most of even people who are raised in Christian homes, a lot of times are not given the tools to really mature emotionally. That's a good point. They do go hand in hand, the spiritual maturity and the emotional maturity. Yes. Wow. Yes, good point. So, so your mother was emotionally absent from you. Yes. And seemed to be more present for your other siblings. Have you, how have you made peace with that? I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you became a mother, right? And I became a mother. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I think, I think I had some unrealistic expectations of my mother who didn't know how to deal with her anger. She didn't know how to deal with anything emotional. And she would push things aside, ignore them. And because I had had such a close connection with my father, that heart to heart connection, I desired that from my, from my mother as well. And she just simply couldn't give it. She was incapable of giving it. And as I grew older, I began to understand that, you know, my relationship with my mom is just not going to be what I want it to be. And just having to accept her right where she was and be okay, just be okay with that. Hmm. Wow. So though your dad was an alcoholic and you were well aware of his faults, he still was your primary parent and the one who made you feel loved and valuable. Yes. So tell us a little bit about your dad and what he meant to you. So I don't know. I, my siblings sometimes tease me that I was dad's favorite. And I don't know if that's so true or not, but I was the youngest daughter. I don't know if that makes a difference or not, Hmm. but I connected with him in a way that I didn't connect with my mother. He was very compassionate he was sensitive. He was empathetic. He, he was, he was not the, even though he was a large man, he was not mean or gruff. He was extremely gentle. He was the one that read uh, bedtime stories, tucked us in. Um, he's the, he's the lap that I could sit on. And he was the hugger. He, he was the one who hugged us And um, so he was that emotional connection that I didn't have with my mother. And I, um, he was just a great dad, a comforting dad. Mm. And knowing that he was present, I knew I was safe. There wasn't any question whatsoever. So 
Wow. The emotional ramifications of your dad taking his life. That was huge. How did his suicide affect you beyond the immediate pain and grief? I mean, I can just hear he was the one who you connected with. Yeah. He was the one that gave you some sanity and some exactly. stability. Exactly. And then he's gone. So I, I felt betrayed. Mm. And then I felt guilty for feeling betrayed. Mm -hmm. And I felt uh, confused, lost. And I decided that if the one that I had trusted in did this to me, then really nobody was trustworthy. So I took it upon myself to be as protective as possible of myself so that I would not get duped again. So it was, yeah, it was, it was huge. It sounds like the kind of automatic go-to would be to harden your heart. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Because if you're, yes. if, if I'm not going to get duped again, exactly. therefore I have a big wall here and no exactly. one's getting through. Exactly. Yes. Wow. You, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. So what role, if you came to know the Lord at a young, as a young adult, what role has faith played in your emotional recovery from your dad's suicide and your relationship with your mom? So when I trusted Christ for life, because I was, I was on the verge of taking my own life. I was, I was ready to just follow in my father's footsteps, literally. And instead, I heard an audible voice that I can give you life instead. And it was because I had heard the gospel from uh, a previous experience in a church, that voice resonated with me that I could have life and I didn't have to take my own life. And then I... I, must, I really must have been looking for some hope because I jumped right on that hope and began to read the Bible and trust a little bit at a time who God was and that he was on my side and that he was for me and not against me. And it was just baby steps, just little baby steps. And again, it's not an automatic I'll trust him all the time with everything. Mm. It's just small in small increments, the trust happens. So that beginning of trust and then the continuing of trust and the testing of my trust has been paramount with healing from my father's suicide. And then on top of that, healing other relationships uh, within my family from those who also experience the tragedy. So it's not just my own healing, but seeing the healing that ha can happen in my family members as we converse about it, talk about it, and and just share, share in the journey. Mm, so good. So forgiveness is in your book title. Yes. What, what was your heart's journey to forgiveness like, and who did you have to forgive? 
it was an arduous journey to forgiveness because I didn't know that I was harboring unforgiveness. Mm. It took it took a while to understand that it was that unforgiveness that was causing, as you had brought up, that toxicity within myself. And when I came to that understanding through contemplation, prayer and meditation, it just seemed to, again, just connect with this is what I need to do. Not only do I need to forgive my dad, but I also need to forgive my mother and I need to forgive my son. And the, the whole premise for my book came from when someone you love hurts you, letting them off the hooks, hook helps you to heal. So it's, it's like when I finally realized I needed to let people off the hook, then I was able to begin the healing process. So. Wow. So good. Okay, so I've got one last question before we wrap up. What advice would you give someone who's dealing with the shame that is often felt by the death of a loved one due to suicide? I would say don't internalize it. Don't ignore it. Admit the pain that is there. And then find someone that is trustworthy that you can talk to about it and know that it's not an instant, oh, okay, I need to forgive. I forgive and I'm going to go on now with my life. It's, it's a long process because that hurt goes deep and it goes into places where you not, you're not even sure that it's there. And then it comes out in the strangest and oddest times. So it, it almost plays hide and seek with you. And just when you think you've got it, there's a little more to go. Mm. And it's, it's a process and you just need to be gentle and patient with yourself. Mm. Good words. Good words. So if we've got some people listening today that just would really like to connect with you online, social media, your website, what, what's the best place for them to do that? So I have a blog at TeresLukens.com and they connect, they can connect through me to me through that blog. So they can find my connection there. Perfect. Well, this has just been delightful. Mm -hmm. I love your story and I love the way God has worked through it and glorified his name through it and super excited to see what he does with the message of your book. So Thank God you. bless your ministry. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Athena. You bet. Well, thanks so much for joining us today for the All Things Podcast, brought to you by Romans 828 Bookstore and Redemption Press. If today's episode encouraged you, we would love to have you share it with your friends on social media and maybe even leave a review on Apple. That will help the algorithms get us up higher to the top when people are searching for podcasts that can bring them hope and encouragement. So thanks again for joining us today. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye for now.